Blog Talk Radio. folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and uh, this is a first this time, over 50 shows, and uh, this is the first remote show. I'm actually sitting in a hotel room in Panoma, California, on my cell phone doing the show, getting ready to uh, introduce and interview Luke Miller with Tile Money. So uh, hopefully my I can coming in nice and clear. Like, as I said, it's the first time I'm doing it on the cell phone. So let me get Luke in here and see if he can hear me. Hey, Fred. I'm take here. a minute, Luke? You good. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, this is a first, this is a first for me. I haven't done, ever done a remote show in over a year, so uh, this ought to be interesting. Okay. Yeah, great. yeah. Well, well, Luke, this, I hear you good. Good, great. Well, this is uh, kind of unique because the interviewer is interviewing the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know and our listeners know, you you host a show called Tile Money. But before we get into those specifics, let me let me start out with you. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and a, a little bit about your 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 tile business and what you do and how you got there? So it's all yours, buddy. Okay. All right. Thanks, Fred. Yeah. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, always a, a pleasure to to um, talk to you. You know, uh, I'm a tile contractor. I've been licensed here in California for 10 years, uh, maybe 11 years. 2008, I, I received my C54 tile contractor's license, and I specialize in, in remodel work. I do tile remodel showers, and, uh, you know, I, I do have a few new construction jobs a year, but the majority is remodel work. So I'm tearing out old showers and, and building new ones, and that's, that's what I specialize in. I, I stay fairly small. Uh, small business here on the central coast of California. I'm based out of uh, San Luis Obispo, so it's about halfway between Los Angeles and uh, San Francisco, for those of you not familiar mm-hmm. with the area. And, um, yeah, so I've had I've had a company, you know, my company's growing uh, probably up to about six employees at, at one time, um, but currently it's just myself. You know, like I said, I, I kind of like to stay small and find my niche. Um, I specialize in more artistic work, uh, handmade tile. Um, you know, I do some glass showers here and there. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do, what would you say is has been in the, in the years you've been in business your biggest challenge as far as a tile job goes? Um, you know, I, I got my license in 2008, and so that was probably the biggest challenge. That was the roughest uh, few years in the beginning because, you know, it was the kind of the height of the recession. And I, you know, I was younger and I lacked confidence. So I think finding my confidence was, was maybe the biggest hurdle I had to overcome because I was getting leads. Um, I had the tools. I had some knowledge, you know. Of course, we all learn and grow every every day and every year, but um, – you know, I could do the job. I just, I just lack the confidence to sell. So finding my, my sales, you know, salesperson within me was kind of a, the biggest hurdle that I had to work on. And it, it really took years. It's something I'm still trying to, you know, perfect is, is the sales game. I think that's something that us contractors, 
uh, us installers, you know, oftentimes that comes second or third. Um, you know, we focus on the business, on the in- installation, and that, of course, has to be there. But, you know, we forget that we're running a business, and there's so much to know. And I think, uh, like like myself, I kind of jumped into it, you know, head first, if you will, and, and just kind of learned as I, as I went. Um, so I think that was the biggest challenge is, you know, just learning the business side of things, understanding that I, I had to be a salesperson, and I, I really had to know some bi- some basic business. You know, it's what's interesting and what always interests me about people in actually this business as well as other businesses at all. And the next question I'll ask you is, uh, what possessed you to get into the tile business? Did you have a background in that? Was your dad in that? Or did you just think it was going to be a great business? I was kind of curious how you how – you, well, why did you start in the tile business? Yeah, so uh, my father was not a tile. He was not in the in the trade. He was not a tradesman. But uh, I started working with my hands at quite an early age, like a teenager. You know, I was still in even before high school. I was work. I was started working with my hands, uh, doing some landscaping project, and and a painter would hire me on the weekends to do some painting with him. And so I just kind of started. I fell into stucco. I, I got into stucco work. And by the time I was seventeen. Um, a friend of of a friend had, had was a tile setter, and so at 17 years old, I started in the tile industry in the tile trade, and I just really stuck with it. You know, ever since then, um, that's been my main kind of my main stay, my main trade. I've, I've kind of, you know, uh, wandered here and there into other trades and other businesses. You know, during the rough years, the recession and stuff, but. But I always came back to tile. Um, so, so that's how I got started in the, in the business. And when I moved out to California, because I had learned the tile trade in Arizona and Tucson, and when I moved out mm-hmm. to California, it was just it was a really rough time. It was like this, you know, like I said, 2006, 2007 when I moved out here, and I had started working for someone. And I think, to be honest, Fred, I, I would have preferred to continue to work for someone and kind of you know, further my education. Um, but, you know, no matter how I tried, no one was paying. It seems like I couldn't get about $15 an hour. Even though I had a truck, I had tools, they were leaving me on jobs. And it was just blowing my mind. I, I, you know, I kept, you know, asking for raises. And, it, you know, it was a bad, you know, it was a bad year, recession and stuff. But it was also, you know, you're living in California. You also have to make a living. So that kind of forced me into the thinking, well, the next logical step is to, to start my own business, right? So that's kind of the, the, the right. journey. Of, I think a lot of us go through that similar journey. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of the people I know, including myself, have been pretty much to the same thing. So, you know, if we, we have people out there listening, maybe some new tile guys or, you know, maybe just people looking to get into the into the business. What, what one, If you had one piece of advice, to give someone entering this business, and I know it's a tough question. What would you What would you advise? Well, today, especially, understand your value to an employer. If if you're you know looking to get into this business or, or you're young and you're thinking about going out on your own, understand that myself as a business owner and every other business owner I know is looking for good help. Uh, and, and by good help, I mean somebody that wants to show up and get their hands dirty and roll their sleeves up and work hard. You know, you don't have to be an expert. 
Um, and, and the wages now have changed, you know, drastically. In you know what 2019, the last 10, 11 years, wages have gone up, and you can command a living wage. I, I, that's the advice I would I would give: is know your worth because you're valuable to any employer out there um, if you're willing to show up and and be moldable, be trainable. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can concur with that. Uh, that's a lesson I had to learn in the consulting business a long time ago. Is that you know, people don't realize when you're in this trade that that you know quite a bit. And you know, I I, I relate it to you have just the same skill as an electrician, a carpenter, or any other skilled trade. It, it, it is a skill. You know, one of the one of the questions I get all the time from contractors, whether it's a tile contractor, a restoration contractor, even a even a fabricator. And I know how I would handle this, and I'm kind of curious to know how you would handle it. Have you ever run into a situation where an employee wants to go out on their own? And uh, if you have, how did you handle that? How would you handle that? Yeah, you know, um, I'm trying to think. I I can honestly say I don't believe I've ever had that situation in house. Um, I don't I don't You're know lucky. why. Maybe it's just, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I know. So I understand that this is a, a big issue. I, I understand that this is a big issue. Um, you know, I, I think the way I've seen it handled before is, uh, you know, em- employers will say, you know, that's fine. I, you know, I'll help you do that, but I just want you to understand that it's not going to be easy. And I think, I think being honest and open, and and almost having more of a open book policy. If, if there's a young man in your company or a young woman and, and they're expressing that they want to be a business owner themselves, you know, maybe you should take them under your wing and guide them and help them to do that. Because one of two things is going to happen. Either one, you know, and it would seem logical that they would succeed. They will go out on their own and, and become their own business. Now, why would you want this? Well, you, you would want to encourage them to be a successful business owner because if they're going to be your competition, they might as well know the numbers that it takes to run a successful business. You know, you don't, the, the last thing you want is them going out on their own and under, undercutting you because they don't know their numbers. So you need to, you right. need to help them along. And it, it's not like you have to, you know, be a complete open book, but you need to help them along and give them some help. Uh, the, the, the second thing that, that very well might happen, and a lot of guys will tell you this, that person will never go out on their own uh, because you are showing them the expense and maybe they'll, a light bulb will go off and they'll say, well, the boss isn't actually making all, all that money, all that much more money than I, that I thought he was. Because oftentimes helpers or young tradesmen will think the boss is just raking in the money. When in reality, if they yep. get the book, they understand, you know, it, it's difficult to get above 70000 a year, 80000 a year. Even as a boss, um, it's, it's very difficult. So if they're at 40, 50, and they, and they don't have to work 60 hours, they, it's just an 8 to 4, you know, 40-hour-a-week job, they might realize, well, this is comfortable. This is actually comfortable. I actually don't mind this anymore, you know. So I, I think that would be my, my suggestion is have, you know, try to help them, help them realize, you know, what, what it all involves. Yeah, and doing so, you're helping them, helping them realize that it's just not the skill of being a being a setter. It's running a business, which is even a you know an, an additional skill that you know many people don't have. And I know I found that in my in my own business. Right? You know, guys were really good, and some of them were better than I was. And 
boy, they they just didn't know how to run a business. So yeah, you hit the you hit the nail right on right on the head when it comes to when it comes comes to that. So uh, that, that's some really great advice. I appreciate that. Well, let's switch gears a little bit here and let's talk about tile money. Uh, All right. How did you, you know, obviously tell tell the folks who don't realize that. Uh, what your podcast is. It's called Tile Money. And uh, tell us a little bit about about what the show is about and also uh, how you got started doing it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I So Tile Money is the business of tile. I, I enjoy talking about all things business. Um, you know, we get personal a little bit too, but I'm not, I'm not really focused on the techniques, on the, on the methods we use. I, in my opinion, there's a lot of information about that out there readily available. A lot of YouTube channels, a lot of, you know, information from the NTCA, a lot of information in all the tile groups and forums that we know. And it's easily accessible. But, you know, having my background and, and having my struggles, you know, I searched and searched for business advice. And one of the best ways I found it was through podcasts. But there was no tile business podcast. So, so after a while, I started, you know, thinking, you know, somebody should, because I was in these groups and, and in these forums, and when someone had a, a question about how much should I charge, I mean, that's everybody's, you know, least favorite yep. question, because <laughs> it's a very difficult question. I mean, we don't know your situation. We don't know your, your neighborhood. We don't know your business. I mean, it's impossible to know somebody's business, but, you know, if you wanted to start a business selling um, hot dogs on the street, or you want to start, you know, sell a business selling Rolex watches, the business fundamentals are the same. There, there has to be, you know, a profit. You have to know your overhead, how much do those hot dogs cost you, and how much, you know, how much is, are you, is your markup, how much is your cart, you know. And so you have to know all this stuff, and, and it's the same with tile. So it's, that's why you can't say, well, you should charge X amount per square foot. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't work well you know, as, a, as an answer. So I thought, well, someone needs to start talking about, you know, the, the business of being a tile contractor because there are some unique challenges. But more or less, you know, I was hoping that tile contractors would say, hey, you know, someone's talking to me. And, and so that's how I got started. Um, I've always kind of been a little bit entrepreneurial. I like doing different things. I have a real estate license. I've I've had a real estate company, uh, I should say a property management company that I built up and sold. And so I've dabbled in a few things, like I mentioned over over the years. Um, so I thought, well, what is what is this podcast thing about? Because I was enjoying listening so much, and I was listening to all kinds of podcasts, business, life, you know, you name it. I was listening construction podcasts, and so that's how I, my mind started going. And that's how I got interested in the space. And I, I started in September of two, of last year, of 2018. So so that's what's been going on. I think I have about 40 episodes released so far. The NTCA has, has backed me, and they're sponsoring the, the podcast because they're very much interested in assisting tile contractors. That's been their mission for, for you know, over the years. Absolutely, and I've listened to some of the shows too, and they're they're actually very good. Some great, great, great advice. And I always like to say that 
even though we're all in the same business, we all have different backgrounds and a different way of looking at things, so that advice is great. Let me let me stop a second, Luke, and give out the phone number in case we have anybody calling, uh, listening live. Uh, you want to call in and ask either I or Luke a question. The number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. Feel free to call in at that number. Right then, you know, with all these people that you, that you've interviewed uh, on your on your show the past forty or so shows, what are some of the things that kind of how do I put this may have surprised you from a business standpoint? Uh, that's a good question. And I know I'm putting you um, on the spot, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or maybe let me think or, about or that what, for a what minute. What kind of a, what kind of a good yeah, what kind of good advice would you say you learned from from interviewing a lot of these business people? Yeah, I I think the the best advice is to to not worry about the competition. Don't even think about what even if they if, even if there's a tile guy that lives across the street from you and, and works in the same you know neighborhoods you are, it would be good to know his you know kind of know how he is operating, kind of you know keep an eye on him, but don't. Don't base your prices off of his prices, um, you know, and that's that's one of the things. That's I guess that's the most surprising thing to me is a lot of times we do talk about pricing as regional, but I've interviewed people from Florida, I've interviewed people from Houston, Texas, and, and, and those in those two instances that pop into my mind right now, they're way way beyond the average like let's just say square foot price or daily rate, right. they're way beyond it. And, and so they're standing out, you know, in a crowd, in an overcrowded area of, of a lot of installers, a lot of cheap installers. Those two areas in particular are areas where tile contractors complain about the pricing. And it is an issue. I, I get that. It is an issue. But that's been the most surprising thing to me is to kind of uncover some of these hidden gems and say, well, if they're doing it, let's uncover what they're doing. Let's uncover the secret. So I'm attempting to do that. Um, and, and I'll even do that more in the future is to continue to go back to these people and say, well, what are, you know, let's, let's dig a little deeper. Let's share some more information so that, because as we all build each other up, you know, the prices can all raise up and we can all, you know, start to help each other out, you know, so that, I guess that's the most surprising thing to me is finding these little gems and, and pockets where you wouldn't expect them. Exactly. And I used to, you know, concerning competition, I always used to say when people approach me about my competitors, I would say, what competitors, uh, you right. know, you just, if you look at it from the fact that you don't have a competitor because you have your own way of doing things. So with that said, <laughs> What, what have you what have you learned in uh, again within these interviews about how how these guys handle their competitors? I mean, I'm sure everybody handles them a little bit differently, but uh, any kind of enlightening advice there? I think the best way to handle competitors is to befriend them, and, and one of two things is going to happen. I mean, either you're going to make Amen. a new friend. Yeah, or or they're gonna go. They're gonna really show their true colors, and then you can just avoid them, you know. But I I think if you can talk to ten ten local guys, and if you know four of them become your good friends, you know how much stronger you're gonna be because of that, because of those four relationships. I mean, you guys can get together and talk business, talk shop, and you can help each other out. I mean, if somebody lands a larger job, or somebody's slow, or somebody has too much work, you can help each other out. And I think that's been 
you know, a, a good a good way to handle competitors is to understand that they're they can be allies. And, and I agree. And you know, to give you a quick example, I remember years ago uh, when I was doing restoration work, I ended up landing a very very large, extremely large job that I couldn't handle. I ended up uh, co-oping with about three of my competitors, and uh, it okay. worked out great. <laughs> Actually, sold my yeah. business to one of them. <laughs> so I, oh, I agree 100. Hit the money right on it, right, yeah. right on the head there when it comes comes to comp, competition. So as far as you know, I have. I'm sorry to say I haven't heard all your shows. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard yeah. a few of them. But what uh, what type of people are you interviewing? I mean, other than trial contractors, have you interviewed anybody else outside the industry that offered some decent advice? Or I interviewed a CPA. Yeah, I interviewed a certified uh, personal accountant, and that was kind of early you know, back in maybe uh, November or December of last year. And so that was really interesting. A lot of the, a lot of my followers really enjoyed that. And this week, let's see, is it this, it's either this week or next week. No, it's this Friday. I, I'll be interviewing a, a man named Sean Van Dyke. And he, he kind of co-wrote a book and his book is called Profit First for Contractors. And it's an, it's an accounting method is basically what it boils down to, but it helps you mm-hmm. delegate the profit and delegate the overhead and delegate um, your your pay, your take home pay, your you know your payroll, your personal payroll, so that all these monies have their place and they're not getting lost in one account. So he, you know, he preaches and he teaches this method of delegating a percentage of the paycheck right off the top, and that way you never find yourself in a situation where you know, oh boy, the IRS wants more money than I thought they were going to, and I didn't <laughs> really? really think about that. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to that uh, conversation that will be this Friday. Um, let's see. Who yeah, else well, what time, what time is that? What time, yeah. you know, when, when is that podcast? This Friday is a particular time that will be available. I want to listen to that as well. Yeah, that's Friday, the June 14th. I'm going to be interviewing Sean, and then I'll be releasing it the the following week. Let's just call it. Uh, hopefully Wednesday the 19th, I should have that ready to release. All right, cool. Yeah, good way. I look forward to that very much. So I love interesting things, things like that. All right, let's let's jump back to the uh, to the tile contracting uh, business again. And I think it's always interesting. To, if you don't mind me to get a little personal, I'm not going to get too personal. But uh, sure. everybody, like I said, everybody has a different background out there. But you know. What what do you think is your best asset? In other words, your best. What are you good at, and what are you not good at? I guess is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or what do you see well, as yourself being good at and not good at? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, I, I let's start with what I'm not good at. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not good <laughs> at. All good there. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not good at doing everything. Um, if I like right now, I'm just by myself. So if I get a small job, and especially if it's the kind of work I enjoy, which is handmade tile, like really rustic looking tile, I'm good at going and doing the work, but I neglect other things. I neglect answering the phone. I neglect you know going on an estimate. I I neglect thinking about the future work. Um, so I'm I'm you know my strong suit is is doing one thing at a time, which is is very dangerous for a small business owner. Um, and I, I, I acknowledge yeah. that. So what I found in the past was to hire good installers 
and let them handle the work. And then I was good at um, lining up the work for them. And I was really good, and I really do enjoy uh, the personal connection with the homeowners. I found kind of my space in this remodel niche because I I, I think I'm good with the homeowners. I'm I'm good at selling myself. I'm good at showing up and smiling, you know, and and talking and having a conversation with them. I'm not the best, you know, but I'm working at it. Um, So I'm good at that, you know. And, and that's my strength is kind of, you know, showing up and I'm, I'm good at delegating as well. To be honest, Fred, you know, thinking about it, I, I'm really right. good at delegating and saying, you're, you're going to install the shower and I'm good at trust because it takes trust to, to walk away, especially with a new hire Absolutely. or somebody who maybe made a couple mistakes in the past. It takes trust to say, this is your shower. Here's how I want it. And, and now I'm going to walk away and I might not see you for three days, you know, <laughs> And, and I'm good at that. I, I really am. Um, and and why is that important? Well, it's important because without that, you're, you're stuck on the job. And that brings brings me back to point one. I mean, you can't do it all. You can't do you can't install and, and think about the future and line up jobs. It's just it's just too difficult. Now you can be a solo mm-hmm. installer and more of an artist type, and that works well for for people. And that's working well for me currently. Because I, I charge a good amount, and it doesn't matter if I have one week or two weeks off or three even. You know, it, it really doesn't matter because I'm, I don't have so much overhead. I don't have the workers' comp and the payroll and, and all that other overhead that comes with running a business. So it's a different business model that can work. It's just, you know, for me personally, I, I don't really like it long term um, as a business model. And, and, you know, speaking of delegation, I just happened to think of this. One of the things that I struggled with in in the very beginning when I started my business almost 40 years ago now, uh, and I had trouble with this and uh, finally figured it out. I was curious how you would handle it, and that is because you're such good, you know, you're so good at delegating and having your, you know, you guys go out there and do the work. The thing I used to get, particularly with residential customers all the time, is that, now, you're going to be here, aren't you? Uh, are you going to do the work? And they wanted you there mm-hmm. constantly. How would you handle a customer that, you know, you go in, you bid the job, you talk to the customer, you have a good rapport with that customer, and, you know, off you go, and now your guy show up and you're not there. I mean, do you prep them for that? Uh, you know, how do you handle that? I think that's the key is prep them. I, from the very beginning, I talk about my business. I say, I, I say things like we. From the initial phone call, I, I, I talk about we as a team. I talk about my team. I talk about how we handle the demolition and the extraction, and we we handle the installation. And I so I so I really do. I handle it up front and get that out of the way so that they're expecting somebody else to be the installer. Um, I think that's been been key um, for me. Another key point I think is just having a real professional presence, an online website. Something that makes you look like a, a little bit larger company, even if it's just two guys, three guys, whatever the case might be. I think having that professional website, you know, all my crew wears T-shirts with logos on them, um, and I think that sets their mind at ease. You know, I didn't just hire somebody from Home Depot parking lot that morning. <laughs> right. Right. Well, which brings up it's a, a great transition because my next topic was going to be marketing. <laughs> so you've already mentioned, yeah. you know, the website. And, and, you know, the funny thing about websites is that I, I still get uh, resistance from a lot of guys out there. Well, I don't really need a website because, you know, people really don't look there. And, you know, in my opinion, that's not true. But what's your thoughts on that? I absolutely believe that you need a website in this day and age. Um, and it doesn't have to be complex. 
but you should have a good looking website with, with some of your best photos, some of your best work. And, you know, by all means, let them know what city you're in. Um, and, and that goes for all these social media platforms. If you're going to, you know, for instance, Instagram is, is huge for tile setters because it's a picture sharing platform. So Instagram's right. a great platform I, I've used a lot, but then I have my website linked within, within the, that homepage, but I also, put my hometown where I work inside the that homepage. You wouldn't believe how many times I've seen uh, Instagram accounts that are local businesses, but I don't know what city they're in. And I might even be interested in using their services, but I don't, I can't tell what city they're in. So I have to like, you know, ask them and, and things of that nature. And it's fine, but it's just kind of one more resistance to, to uh, getting, getting in touch with the owner of the business. So so I would say get a website. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive in this day and age. You could get one built for like $500. I mean, you can do it for free if you're a little bit tech savvy. Um, and the right. that if you can send an email, you can probably build a website now. Absolutely. I know I've used uh, services like GoDaddy and stuff like that. That works very yeah. well. And it's pretty much yeah. a do-it-yourself. But I don't want, I don't want to get too too techy when it comes to the website uh, website thing, but there is one question I do want to ask you is um, do you do your own uh, search engine optimization? Do you have someone do that for you? And if so, and you know, do, how do you handle that? Uh, I used to do, do you know some what of I that on that? my own. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do some of that on my own, but, but at the moment um, I'm, I'm just paying somebody to, to do it. And I, I'm not sure that they're really doing that great of a job. So that's the other thing, you know, is it's another hat I have to wear right now as a business owner. I have to make sure that the people I hire are doing the job. And so, so that is something that, that has been on my mind, but um, you know, basically, you know, that's, that can get a little more um, involved. Um, I, I think if I was, if I didn't have a website, you know, my advice, for anybody listening, if you don't have a website, don't, don't think about SEO at the moment. Just just go on GoDaddy, buy your domain name, you know, bobstyle.com, whatever your domain name is, your company name, right. and, and get it get it started. Um, because what's going to happen is now you're registered, at, you've registered that, and Google recognizes you as a as a website. But but it's going to take time before they understand, you know, well you're a legitimate business because, and then you know maybe. Later, you can pay somebody to do the SEO, or you can learn that later. But don't let that hinder you from stopping, um, because I think when people see your business cards and you have a website on there, and then they're going to research you on, on your website and things of this nature. Um, you know, the SEO thing, I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, it's really important. Um, but if you don't have a budget, if, if you just started the day or whatever, or, you, you know, you're really broke, I would just right. say try to, try to do it in the most minimal way possible. All right. It's better to have a website than not have one at all. It makes you look, look exactly. professional. So in addition, in addition to, uh, you know, marketing your business on, on the web, uh, how else would you market or how else do you market? I really enjoy uh, Instagram marketing. Um, I enjoy that platform. I, I use the stories a lot. I, I connect with other local businesses a lot. And I pick up jobs, you know, three, four a year. Um, enough to justify spending, you know, 20 minutes a day on there and posting pictures of the work, but also posting my personality, my, my personal life a little bit. 
it should really, you know, the customers want to see that. People want to see that now. They want to see that you're a biz, you know, they want to see the people behind the business. They want to see the owner of the business and his family life a little bit. So that's really important to do um, with the social media. But just be constant on there and be active. Uh, you can't post one photo and expect to get work. You know, that's that's a platform you really have to use daily. Um, yep. Facebook, I've, I've used some Facebook ads in the past. But what I really have kind of found out from other people, you know, talking about the business and interviewing people and inside my Facebook group, uh, some people have used their Facebook pages to, to hold little contests, like a backslash giveaway. And they'll put a, they'll put a limit on it, you know, like 40 square feet. Uh, it can only be mm. subway tile and, and the homeowner provides. And you have to like and share the, the photo. And so what this does, you might get 100 people liking and sharing this and commenting on this. And you're only going to give away one backsplash. Well, you just you just introduced yourself for free to 99 or 100 or more potential customers who now, you know, they've already kind of gotten excited about you. They've already – and then they'll click on your website, do a little research. And when they don't win, um, you know, there's a chance they're going to call. You know, the people who have done this have had major success. Um, if you get a little slow, you can do this, and, and you'll be surprised how fast that phone will ring. Um, I've also let me in, also let me some let me interrupt you there a sec. Let me interrupt you there a second, Luca. We got a caller coming in. Let me grab him before okay. he disappears. Caller, are you there from the 404 area code? Hello. Let me turn off my uh, my phone here. Hello. Uh-oh. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How are you? What What's your name? This is Ben Santos. How are you doing today? Hey, we're doing, doing good. good. What's ben? your question? Hello. Yeah, what's your question? Hello. Oh, I'm calling in to, to see how you're doing today. This is my first time listening to your show. Oh, great. Well, wonderful. Hope you're enjoying it. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've been seeing you on Twitter, and uh, I followed you today on Instagram because I saw you had Luke on the show. Luke's a good man. He's got a lot of good information for the people out there. Absolutely. Thanks, we appreciate we appreciate we appreciate you listening to both our shows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is my first time calling into a radio show ever, so I mean, wow. hopefully <laughs> this is working out. Yes, it sounds good. Do I want to be a blip? You're talking about winning prizes. Do I win a prize? <laughs> I'd have to think about that one. We might be able to come up with something. <laughs> I'll send you a sticker. Your, your prize, yeah, your, your prize would be getting all this great advice. How's that? Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's good enough. That's good enough for me. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks for calling in. Right on. Not a problem. <laughs> hey, 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 Luke, you've been doing a lot of appearances lately. Uh, you're you're a popular man. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, it's part of the it's part of the business. You know, it's my new job, so. So yeah, it's part of my what I do, I guess. Appreciate it. <laughs> you move it? Have you moved into the trailer yet? Uh, not yet, not yet. At, at the end of the month, I move into my my trailer. Uh, Mr. Stone Forensics, what is your first name? I looked on your website. I also signed up oh. for your newsletter. I was I was looking for your first name. I couldn't find it. Oh, it's Fred. Fred Houston. 
Hey, Fred, uh, what what are you working on out there? I see you're doing some stone work. I'm I'm doing a historic. Uh, it's a park in. Uh, it's a city park that has a a large planter that surrounds an oak tree that's made of granite and it's all torn apart. So. They called me in to give them advice on how to restore it. So we actually just finished that job this morning. It looks great. I'll be posting photos right. on the website uh, here next week or so. Wow, look forward to looking at that. We were looking at a house, a 100-year-old house with an outdoor deck this weekend, or yesterday, that is. Oh, wow. And uh, it had, like, it had pavers on it, but it had a concrete um, floating pad that the pavers were on top of. And it was difficult to speak to the man because he wanted it all original. And his thinking was, oh, well, it lasted 100 years. Why can't we just put it back the way it was? And it had marble in front of it. There was no way to drain it. And it was spinning off the pavers about five years ago because we've been getting a serious freeze here in Georgia. And it was a, it was a beautiful project. Um, but we were talking about doing it according to ANSI standards. And we brought up uh, that we would have to do soft joints every eight feet because it was in the sun. And that was a bit, he did not want to hear that. And I was wondering if you had any advice for when you run into a customer like that that doesn't want to uh, hear the advice that you have as a professional. I'll let you take that one, Luke. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes you just have to understand that, um, you know, there's people out there who want work done. And they just might not be our customer. Um, I, I don't know. You can't force somebody to do something the right way. It's, it's like that old saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Great advice. Does that make sense, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I uh, in the first initial uh, sales meeting, uh, my partner, Jason, he'll usually bring up all the uncomfortable stuff that nobody wants to hear. And I'm always <laughs> like, Jason, just relax a little bit. Let's wait until we get to know the guy a little bit, you know. I'm talking about, hey, how's your family? How's the business going? And he's like, yeah, we have to put silicone joints right here. We have to take out these 100-year-old beams and waterproof around them. And uh, the sales guy in me is like, oh, my goodness, we have to slow down. We're going too fast. But at the other, oh. at the other end of the spectrum, I at the other end of the spectrum, I understand where Jason is going. It's just to, uh, excuse my French, just cut out the BS and get right to the point. Yeah. Right. And well, sometimes you just got to walk away from some of those jobs, too. And, uh, you know, like I always say, go with your gut. Yeah. That's, that's right. a good point, right. Ben. You know, that, that's a good point about, you know, maybe – maybe talking about the, the deep subject too quick and too soon. I mean, it might be better just to, to sell the job for the price, the professional price that it's going to take and focus on the sell and then, and then worry about the details later. I mean, oftentimes I won't even tell them what products I'm using. I won't even tell them. I mean, I mean, with the expansion joints, that is a tough one because it, you know, that you almost do have to address that at some point, but maybe sell the job first, like you're saying, and then say, okay, you, you know, this is this is why we're doing this. You know, um, you know, maybe before you order the materials, make sure that they understand what you're going to do. I go Absolutely. after. I've been going after. I've been going after 100% the emotional side of the sale first, as any sales guy or sales book is going to say. 
um, is to go after the emotion first. Um, and that seems to me, like you said, and, and, and stay out of the weeds of the technical part of it. Um, yeah. Because that is really essentially getting into the weeds, talking about the, the technical part. But because there's so many yahoos around here or around that will do it yeah. uh, for cheaper, for cheaper, I almost feel like pushing the, the technical side sometimes is what actually sells us because we talk about things that other people aren't going to bring up. Right. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, we, thanks for your call and just keep on listening. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Great job. Great guest today. Luke, you're the man. Oh, thank you, Ben. Right, ben, take care. take care. Have a good afternoon. Evening. Thank you, Fred. Have a good You too. Uh, yeah, he brings up a, an interesting question I was going to I'm going to ask you too, Luke, and that is uh, about uh business books. I, I know you mentioned that a lot and you use that question with your interviewers, but you know, from your standpoint, what are some of the great business books that you you've uh, read and recommend? Well, I I have read that that Profit First for Contractors business book that I mentioned earlier, and that's a that's a really good right. a really good book. Um I've listened. I listen to a lot of books on on Audible. Um, let me see if I can pull up my list here. But I, I I really like you know. Recently, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of podcasts. Um. So, so I, I think the the point is you know is is one of the best books you could get as a contractor is called uh, Markup and Profit, and that's really going to help mm. you understand understand your you know your markup and and help you run your numbers because you know like we were saying earlier is uh i can't run your numbers for you i don't know your overhead and i don't you know nobody knows you know that those numbers but you and there's formulas you can use and all those formulas are are in that book markup and profit and that's by uh i think uh michael uh shoot i can't remember his last name at the moment no, I did. I can look it up on Google by the by the name. You know, there there was one other business book I've been trying to think of the entire time I've been on the phone with you, and I remember the story in the book, and I can't remember the name of the book. Let me tell you what what the, how the story starts, and maybe you you've heard this book, but you know, basically we're talking about you know all this the skills that we have as this tile setters, stone setters, or whatever, but we normally don't have the business skills. Well, this book addresses that. And it starts out with someone that makes apple pies and likes making apple pies. And yeah. uh, they go into this. Are you you're familiar with that book? I just can't think of the name of the darn book. Yeah. But it was a great book. I, I love that it's book. It's not the one-minute author... manager. Yeah, that's called the E-Myth. The E-Myth Revisited. Yes, that's it. Yes, thank you very much. E-Myth. I was trying to think of the yeah. name. I got to write that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the was E-Myth. a great book. That's by I, Michael... Michael Gerber, and that's a that's an awesome book. It's an awesome book to read, and it's also an awesome book to to listen to because the author reads it and he does a really good job. And it's oh, just great. really good. easy yeah. easy to read, easy to listen to. Um, there's one called The Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. That's a good sales book. Yeah, and Brian Tracy is good, great motivational speaker. I've actually heard him speak. Okay. Yeah, he's great. This book here is written by a contractor, and it's called Contractor Marketing Simplified. 
How to Build Your Online Presence and Get Found by the Right Customer. And the author's name is Martin Holsinger, and that's that's available on Amazon as well, and you can listen to that as well. I really like that book. Martin has his own podcast, um, but it's it's really simple. It's it's a shorter book, but it's to the point, and that's what I like about it. <laughs> Great. Okay, let's go back to Tile Money. Uh, what kind of, you know, for people that haven't heard Tile Money before and they're listening to, to this show, uh, you know, what type of things will you be covering in the future here or have you covered? Yeah, we're going to cover, um, you know, profit, how to, how to calculate your profit and markup. Um, that's one of the things, you know, we want to focus on. Sales is another big one that I really want to focus on uh, because you don't want to be, you know, just showing up and, you know, and spewing out the wrong information. Um, it's, it's really, it's really a touchy thing. Like Ben was saying there, you know, there's, there's the emotional side of sales. Um, there's also, you know, sharing the technical side and there's a time to focus on one and a time to focus on the other. Um, so we want to talk about sales more and more in the podcast and then marketing really, um, how to get the phone to ring because that's where it all starts as a business. You know, you have to get your phone to ring. You have to have that phone ringing daily. Otherwise, you're going to be scared um, that you're not going to win the job. If you only get one phone call a month, you're you're probably going to be bidding it very low to ensure that you win it. Uh, but if you get 20 phone calls a month, you know, then you can start raising your prices. So, so really, the the first step is to to get the marketing down. Get the get the phone to ring. Um, let's Perfect. see other subjects. We've talked about, you know, have been like you said, the employees, how to how to scale. Um, that's been a good one. So, so how do people go about listening to Kyle Money? It is um, available on iTunes app inside your your phone, your iPhone. It's available on Spotify. Okay. It's available on on um, Podbean. It's available on Stitcher. All of the podcast apps that, that you can download from your app store, it's available on there. And, and you just search for Tile Money, two words, or Luke Miller. Uh, it's also available and, to watch on, on YouTube. Yeah, I noticed that uh, this weekend I, I participated. Like, it looks like you're starting a video podcast as well. How's that going? It's going well. You know, um, that's how I do my interviews is, is via video. And I record the video, and then I, I subtract the audio. So I have the two formats, um, basically side-by-side side, simultaneously. Some people prefer to watch and, and see people, you know, and then other people prefer right. to listen Correct. maybe yeah. on, their, on their way to work. Yeah. Now that's a great idea. Well, I'm going to, before you give out more of your contact information, I'm going to ask you one last question I think is a really cool question. It has nothing to do with business. <laughs> it's always a it's always a curious question I've heard other interviewers ask all the time. Here it is. You ready for it? Yeah. yeah. If you had one super if you had one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. <laughs> oh, that's superpower. A good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've always uh you know, I've always wanted to fly. <laughs> there you go. Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think great. that'd be cool. Well, Luke, it, well, it's been great having you on the show. A lot of great information. I encourage everyone out there uh, to, to to subscribe to your podcast. And uh, is there a website or any contact information you want to give out? Yeah, tilemoney.com to find out more about it. 
get some links. I, I have a blog. Uh, we, we update it monthly. I have a newsletter. You can sign up for it on tilemoney.com. Uh, Facebook, just search Tile Money. I have a group. If, you, if you're on Facebook, you want to join the discussion. Uh, we focus on the business side of things, like I've been saying. And then on Instagram, at Tile Money. So those are the main platforms. So just remember Tile Money, and you'll be able to find me. Great. Uh, Luke, I look forward to uh, listening to some of those shows. And again, thank you for your time today. Hey, thank you, Fred. It's been my pleasure. Really appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, there you have it. Real, really great guy, some great information. I'd highly encourage everyone to uh, tune in to Tile Money. So, again, I guess it went pretty well for being out here in, uh, in California on the cell phone. I'll, I'll take a listen to it a little bit later on and make sure it recorded okay. But uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions for me, you can send me an email at fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-M, at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to check out my uh, website, which is stoneforensics.com. And also I've done a, a video podcast now. Just go to YouTube and search the uh, Stone and Tile show. You'll see it there. I actually had some interesting comments on one I put up um, a couple of weeks ago on using ramen noodles to repair tile and stone. So uh, you might want to check that out as well. Again, going going to YouTube. So we'll see everybody. I'm not sure I'm going to have a show next week. I'm actually doing my inspection seminar but we'll have another show again the following Wednesday. And everybody have a great weekend and be safe.